Coming up, a conversation with John Teagan, candidate for Colorado Springs mayor. This is 6035 Media. Casting an informed vote is your right and your duty as a citizen. I'm Brian Grossman, executive editor at 6035. And I'm Shelley Roars, spokesperson for the League of Women Voters at the Pikes Peak region. We're teaming up to bring you conversations with the candidates in the April 2023 Colorado Springs City election. So this interview is both an episode of the new 6035 Vote podcast. And the League's Making Democracy Work podcast. So let's get to it. So, John, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? For those of us that may not know you, give us a couple of minutes worth of about you. Only a couple minutes? Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the rest after. <laughs> we sure will. Um, been in the Colorado Springs area for about 38 years, so pretty much grew up here. Went to you know high school at Palmer right down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, joined the Marine Corps when I was set, delayed, delayed entry program when I was 17. Went and did uh, four years in the Marine Corps. Got out as a sergeant, infantry squad leader, and then uh, went into heating and air conditioning. Actually went to a trade school at Intellitech here. And found out about contracting in about 2003 and went overseas, started doing contract work, did it for 10 years, um, you know, involved in the, the whole Benghazi uh, incident when Ambassador Stevens and Sean Smith, Glenn Doherty, and Tyrone Woods were killed. And, uh, you know, I had to wait about six months for my lungs to heal, went back, did two more deployments. Um, then we decided to, we authored a book because the truth wasn't being told. Um, so for us, ordinary for it to be told the way we saw it, what we went through was to write a book so that way it can be twisted. And fast forward, well, not really fast forward, then for a while I've been doing speaking engagements, you know, meet and greet, stuff like that, book signing, and finally decided to settle down, get a real job. <laughs> uh, started working at DCF Guns, uh, you know, teaching the community how to, you know, the proper weapons handling and stuff like that. And and as for jumping in, I'm pretty sure the next question is probably, why'd you do it? <laughs> um, I was actually on a lunch break, sitting on the couch uh, Friday the 13th, January 13th, and saw it on the news and something in me just said, get up and go do it. And that's what I did. Get up and go do what? I, I, get up and go. Oh, go sorry. I lost the thread there. Basically, yeah, no, go me. for mayors. Go I know. For oh, for mayors. Mayor. Yes, yes, yes. I was yes, actually yes, watching, yes. and they said you had to tell the 23rd right. to uh, to get your name on the ballot. And again, something just said, get up and go do it. And I literally got up, left, got the packet, and here I am. Here you are. All right. Thank Let's you. get into some uh, specific questions. The first question uh, has to do with water and development. Uh What's your stand on the 128% water rule and for extending water and other utilities to flagpole annexed developments? Biggest thing is we got to, well, I know there's they're doing a little bit of work with the down, the people down in the Arkansas to try to get some, uh, some extra water. I know there's a big water, water issue. Um, so that's going to be a big struggle and expanding on anything that we do because it's kind of hard to keep growing if you don't have the infrastructure to grow. Mm-hmm. And as for power, it, it, it kind of goes back to the same thing. You know, you shut down a plant before you have something else that's viable. That's, you know, they're they're running generators now that's increasing gas prices on, you know, homes that are running off of propane natural gas because they're using the generators to power the city now, which is not, to me, the smartest thing. You should... They should have pre-planned it and 
looking honestly maybe you know going nuclear because it's safer i mean they got they got submarines with nuclear power they operate for years no issues they got um nuclear powered carriers operate for years and it's safest cleanest way to do it so this was specifically about water and extending water to annex developments again you can't again unless unless you have the infrastructure to do it you can't okay again if we if you have the ability to do it we should all work with each other and help each other out. I mean, that's that's you can't grow just by being selfish and say, well, we can't because we have it, but we're not going to give it to you. But we don't even have it for ourselves. How can you annex anything else? How can you provide any kind of care or you know, even care protection or assistance to anybody if you don't have it for your own, for yourself? Okay. Charlie? So some clarification for you as well, um, John. The um, League of Women Voters has a survey that you'll get of some of the basic questions. What, what's your platform? Why are you running? You know, some of those kinds of things. That's called Vote 411. So you'll be getting that as a candidate very shortly okay. to kind of fill those out. But um, kind of also extending on that water question, a couple two-prong here. Um, we waste a lot of water. Um, landscaping takes up about 78% of our water usage with regards to, you know, the resort down the street just running their water um, with a broken thing and it just runs and runs and runs or the golf course that needs water all the time um, or even my neighbor who plants Kentucky bluegrass which is not native to the area one what can how can we do better there with regards to our guidelines and and what we can do and then you kind of maybe answered this just a second ago but with regards to your answer with infrastructure if we don't have it should the city extend um, consider extending water and other utilities to subdivisions located outside our city that might never be annexed, but as being part of that regional water provider, which CSU has taken on that role, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, answer the last. So again, it goes, how can you give something you don't really have? You're you're making false promises. Um, you're given hope where there's probably not going to be any, but if you do give them, what who who's going to affect inside the city? I mean, it, you know, being overseas and uh, you know, get rolling blackouts was constant over there because that's they over you know the grid just can't handle it. So you'd go six seven hours with no power, and then it would come on. And the people that just had it went six seven hours with no power, no water. But that that's a third world country, and that's kind of if you go beyond your means of your infrastructure, that's what you're going to have. You're going to turn to a third world country until you can find the adequate infrastructure to expand and help others. But then um, you don't want to leave people out. What was the other, the first question? Um, how do we not waste a lot of water? We waste a lot of water. <sighs> that's a tough one because I see it. I mean, the sprinklers, I think, are a huge issue. Um I mean, you can enforce, you can put more codes out there, but there's codes that are already that are already out there about sprinkler heads being bust, especially at businesses, uh, golf courses. You know, it's maybe you need to use astroturf, get rid of the real grass, because that's easier to repair. I mean, that's that's what I got. I had in my backyard is a football field because I didn't want to plant grass because you had to water it and maintain it and cut it and. You know, being out in the desert, it's a lot of water. So maybe if golf courses want to be around, they need to use AstroTurf. <laughs> I mean, that's one major way. Uh, it, it gets hot. <laughs> so they need to figure out a way to keep it cooler because it, it, it gets really hot. Um, but I think getting rid of landscaping in general is not a good idea because I think it increases the it increases the heat. I mean, look at the roads. That's why roads are a lot hotter than grass. So same with rocks. They they just produce so much heat instead of absorbing it. 
Thank you, sir. Uh, John, where do you stand on accessory dwelling units being allowed in single-family residential areas? That really depends on the location. Um, I don't think it should be in the middle of a it already developed one. Again, growing up, I've I've lived in apartments that were next to single dwelling homes, family homes. Um, I don't see it as a big issue um, personally. So this would be ancillary units in people's private property. So if I owned a home, putting like a mother-in-law's cottage up. Using it for Airbnb. Oh, I see. You see, I thought you were talking about apartments. No, no, no. So the Airbnb no, thing. If I own my property, am I allowed to build? Yeah, a, a secondary unit that either family could live in, or more often than not, saying. is used for commercial purposes. Well, here's the thing: it's your property. Um, you should be free to do what you want on your property. If it's zoned that way, then it's zoned that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. You shouldn't be able to get rezoned to do it. If it's already zoned for a single-family home, then that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what when people move into those type of neighborhoods, that's what they expect. And these would go into areas zoned for single family homes. The zoning that don't necessarily change. I don't think that that'd be uh, that right for the people who moved in there to to live in a a normal neighborhood, not a commercialized neighborhood. So you don't agree with accessory dwelling units? Not no, I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't think because then you just you don't know who's coming in, uh, who's coming and going. Even some sometimes the Airbnb. That's you know, but that, mm-hmm. that's still a single home. I've I've stayed in a couple of them, um, but I've heard also horror stories of people who have rented Airbnbs and they did not not the renter the renter actually did nefarious things like mm-hmm. trafficked kids out of some of the homes. So it's it's. Uh, it's a slope, but if it's your property and it's zoned that way, that's you moved in the neighborhood knowing it was zoned. But again, if it's zoned for just single family residential, it should not be rezoned, and you should not be allowed to do it. So if it's already zoned and allows family. for accessory dwellings, you're okay with it. You you it, would be opposed to rezoning to allow it. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And also depends on the property size. Like okay. if you're living on five acre lots. That's more out in the open. It's not, you know, you're not within the city limits, so there's not really many five-acre lots here. So um, you wouldn't support a blanket ordinance one way or the other. It's not, it would be more of a case-by-case sort of thing? or Again, the neighborhood's already been developed, mm-hmm. and it's already there, and there's no commercialized Airbnb stuff, and it shouldn't be there. Okay. Okay. Shelly? Yes, sir. Um, the city has a, an issue. The city has many issues. We're not perfect in, in, in any sense of the word but um we have an affordable housing issue what would you what are your plans on how to address that so that's a tricky one but it, um you know there's there's a lot of government grants that that i've known of that helps build uh, houses for affordable housing i think that's the biggest way you got to be very careful on a lot because the developers will come in and take advantage of situation especially what's going on now with the prices being so high um but on the bigger picture i just try to figure out you know work with habitat humanity other other nonprofits that truly figure out how to do it the government technically shouldn't be getting involved because that's more of the public's domain, it, the government shouldn't be, I guess, interfering with that type because that's just more, again, the public needs to d- d- kind of do it. The government can kind of come in and help but shouldn't be saying you need to go do this. 
is about working with the community and seeing how we can truly make it cost and not because a lot of low income housing brings a lot of crime. I mean, it just does. It always has. Um, even when I was growing up living in in uh, low income housing, that's it was a lot a lot of riffraff running around, <laughs> and I was one of them. Um, but how to truly do it? Again, we just got to figure out the best way to build, uh, the cheapest way to build, and maybe again look at builders and give some kind of incentive to have more lower um, housing, and actually also stop large companies from buying up homes and raising the costs on things because there's a lot of houses that are for rent that are owned by big corporations and they're just robbing us left and right i think we should stop that i don't think businesses should be going around owning individual homes that that's going to drive up costs in my opinion thank you sir uh public safety question for you cspd is Colorado springs police department uh short uh, figures are anywhere from 50 to 70 officers from authorized strength. Uh, crime is on the rise. Traffic, traffic fatalities and crashes are on the rise. Uh, how would you address public safety needs and specifically the police department? I love this one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> as for the getting new officers, you don't need to lower the standards. Um, what you have in Memphis, Tennessee, which, which just happened, is because they lowered the standards. Um, you need to have... I think stronger, stricter standards, um, and just more incentive of being a law enforcement officer. Right now, nobody wants to be a cop. Why be a cop when they when they take you know if you do something, you arrest somebody, or you have to fight with somebody, and then next thing you know, they can turn around and sue you, and the city doesn't, and the city can't cover you. You have to have your own, and I don't think they're even allowed to have their own insurance to, to protect themselves civilly. So, again, why would you want to be a cop when the immunity was taken away from, again, from split-second decisions? I mean, you're, you know, running around in Benghazi had split-second decisions. It's, it's not fun. It's not – I mean, you, know, you don't know if the guy with the gun is going to point it at you and shoot you. You just have – I mean, it, you just don't know. Um, but you need to – I think the mayors, uh, previous mayors, actually need to go into the law enforcement and listen to what they have to say. Um, I got a feeling a lot of times people at the top, they do what they want versus what the guys on the ground truly need. And just my experience from being the guys on the ground, the uppers don't really listen to you. They don't give you what you need and what you want. And I think that's the biggest issue. Um, so just working with them and ensuring that they got what they truly need, mm -hmm. not what we think they need, but what they truly need. And again, getting more people in, don't lower the standards. I won't lower the standards. I wouldn't allow them to lower it. I'd, I'd actually probably increase it. Um, I remember when I was growing up, initially they didn't have to have a, a, a college de uh, degree. Mm -hmm. And I think when I hit high school, they finally they, they implemented that. So again, I thought that was a good thing. Kind of sucked because I initially I wanted to be a cop, didn't want to go to school. But, you know, whatever. Um, I, but I think it's a good thing. Again, Memphis is a prime example is why you don't lower the standards. You mentioned incentivizing people to become police officers. Is there something that can be done locally to do that? Are there specific things that you have in mind to do that? That goes back to, again, talking with the law enforcement and see what their mindset is on it. And, again, that's I'd rather work with them and talk to the guys who have been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I know a lot about security and a lot about protection, but their job is totally different than mine. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Shelly? Yes, sir. Um, we have, a, in, in addition to another issue that we have in the city, is we have a homeless issue. Yep. Right? Um, 
how would you how do you, how do you plan to address this as the next mayor? Just take a big fart. No, I'm just kidding. Um, to me, dealing with uh, nonprofits and my, having my own nonprofit and dealing with a lot of veterans and 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 actually first responders, a couple homeless ones. Um, their biggest issue uh, was uh, addiction and mental, uh, and I think that that's going to be forefront and we're working with other nonprofits um, like American Military Family, the same thing. A lot of it is mental and addiction. So you got to address the true cause. I mean, that's not everybody. It's not a blanket, but you can't just displace people. You need need to get them into a location and get them true treatment so they can either recover or or just regroup. Um, You know, during the 2020, a lot of people just lost everything. Um, so you got to get those people back on their feet, and that's working with other nonprofits and other and other organizations. Again, the city shouldn't be taking the burden of it all because it's a, it's a community problem. It's not the city problem or the government of the city. It's the whole entire community. So it's going back and forth with like Carmichael and you know the it's Mount Carmichael. Sorry, Mount Carmel. Yeah, Mount, Mount Carmel. Carmel. Yep. Excuse me, mm-hmm. Christmas. Um, working with, you know, groups like that, you know, especially for the veterans, obviously I'm a big pro veteran guy, but, you know, getting just, uh, civilians off and get them to a true location where they can recover and get cleaned up, get a job. If you got to re-educate them, re-educate them. Again, that goes back to working with other nonprofits that are out there and they're, you know, they're raising hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars for this stuff. It's a matter of getting them all together and working truly with each other and not separate. And I think, again, Working with the veteran organizations, I saw that a lot, and I got a, probably about 50 or 60 of them to come together, and finally, and they work with each other. And that's how you got to do it because everybody's always fighting for money. And when you bring organizations together and actually go to the true root of a cause, you, you're more effective than just going to this group saying, why don't you take care of this little pocket and go to another one, you take care of this little pocket. They all come together and uh, just work together. And I think that's going to be – is it going to truly end it? You're never going to truly end homelessness. It just, it just is what it is. Unfortunately, there's some people that just want to live on the street. They don't want zero. They want zero responsibility. Thank you. Appreciate it, uh, John. If you're voted mayor, do you foresee asking uh, the constituents for increased tax? In- do you foresee increasing fees or taxes for any reason? No. I think uh, I don't know why we're paying more than Pueblo is, uh, or I think even Denver. I mean, it makes no sense. Um, we need to figure out. Biggest thing is figuring out where the money's being wasted. Um, you know, I looked at a couple, just a couple jobs actually on the website, and I'm sitting looking at them. You know, one's making almost ninety thousand dollars a year. In my opinion, was ridiculous. Um, you know, this is a city job. Or city a job, and I, I thought I was just you know it was, well. It was on the city website, so I'm assuming it's a city job. Okay. Um, and again, we need to cut out, cut out the pork, and and make sure money goes to where it's actually allocated to go, and not to pet projects. And you think that the the wages? Uh, I think that job that, that money should have been going. I think else. that job that I saw was completely ridiculous for a city to have to deal with. Because mm-hmm. there's again, there's organizations that do a lot of the stuff that the city's wasting their money on. Okay. So it was a position you would get rid of within yeah. city government. Okay. Shelly? Um, so mine has to deal with city council pay. <laughs> Speaking of money, they make $6,250 a year for basically a full-time job. Um, 
what are your thoughts on raising city council pay to a reasonable amount to be inclusive of others who don't have the ability to do that as a full-time job and quit their other job, which is basically really only retirees? What is your thought? What are your thoughts on that? I actually thought that was a joke. And somebody said they make six thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> six thousand two hundred fifty. Right, and about four thousand, according to the previous uh, person who was here, about four thousand in travel expenses. So, well, see, so then it goes like cutting those pork jobs out and maybe giving the the city council a, a true paying wage. Okay. I mean, it, so you are for it raising city council pay, or do you? Well, I, so again, how do you get rid of corruption? How would if if. Uh, if you got an elected official, it's making it's a full time job. I mean, that's six grand. That's that's <laughs> that's horrible. Um, how do you get them from not fluffing a pocket, saying taking a little here, little because they're there. making so little? You're saying they're you can be bribed a lot, really, really easy. Again, I don't even know what the mayor makes. I don't really care. Um, but it, again, if you're making enough to make a living, again, politics shouldn't be a, a lifelong career anyways. I don't know why you'd be a city I mean, I don't know if they are any, but city council for 10, 15 years. You go in and do the job and you get out. You do what you can and you move on. But They're term I limited would, to right, term, they're term limited. limited to eight years. Eight years. So right. again, even eight years. At, well, I well mean, four and then they have to be realized. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against it because then it, it gets rid of that corruption chances. Okay. Do you feel like that's an issue right now? Yeah, I do. Yep. Can you explain that? I'm still well, – I kind of can, but without a little bit more from – I'm still waiting for a little bit. But, I, you know, from what I keep hearing, a lot of builders are fluffing a lot of pockets in the city. Again, I'm not saying it's the city council, but they're getting away with a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of pet projects, I'm going to say, it, like the stadium. The stadium being built down here, why? Why wouldn't you fix the in- infrastructure before you put a stadium downtown? I mean, this down, going down, driving around here, the roads suck. Um, it, again, it's just just weird things that you see, um, and and you kind of wonder like, why are they doing this? I mean, you got the Sky Sox stadiums; it was just fine where it was. I mean, you could, you know, why 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 not build the other one out there? Why put it right here in the middle of the city? We don't. I mean, this ain't as big as Denver. This ain't um, the same mentality, but. You know, we got all kinds of open land that's easy to get to. Why would you, you know, build it right here where traffic is going to really suck and they're building what apartment complexes right next to it? Why? Those aren't city projects, just to be clear. Those are. I know, but still. Okay. But, but you're saying but that the saying, city but, approved them. Yeah. In, okay. And why not, again, why not put them out, you know, closer to the airport where people can fly in and watch the games? And, and you're equating the the project or linking the projects the the stadium project with potential corruption. I mean, everything's potential, but that's well, I mean, kind of it just it just doesn't. You are hearing you yeah, said you had yeah okay. It just makes no sense on truly why they would do that. Okay. Um, so my other question is kind of a league question as well. It's very league specific. Um, Thoughts on moving the spring municipal elections that you're in the middle of right now to a more of a fall, you know, kind of school board election time, right? Literally, we turn right back around as league members, as those of us that are volunteers for this position, we turn back around and have two elections cycles in the same year. And for us, it's very difficult. It's a strain on our volunteers. Um, So thoughts on moving 
uh, spring municipal elections to the fall. Doesn't really matter for us what when you do it, but one to help increase voter turnout. Selfishly, you know, for us it's time thing, um, but also can save the city up to six hundred thousand dollars per year by moving it. What are your thoughts? I think we should do it at Christmas. Say what? Well, election day is always <laughs> November, <laughs> usually. Um, but yeah, Christmas would be a terrible voter turnout time, by the way. I mean, terrible. We are all about voter, increasing voter turnout. So thoughts on moving? I, honestly, when I, when I saw it and, you know, I didn't, you know, I had no idea when the election was going to be until I, you know, I got up and went down. And, and uh, again, I'm thinking November. And they said that's no, April 4th. I thought that was the weirdest thing. I was like, hmm. I don't know why we wouldn't do it. You know, at the same time we do all the other elections. Again, I'm not a politician, never really looked into it. Um, but why not move it to when it's along with all the other ones? It just because it feels like, you know, all you see is election, 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 election. There's like no rest. Right. I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, John, we're uh, just about out of time. Did you want to take a couple minutes to wrap up and let us know why we should vote for you? Uh, it's on a ballot. You call, you, I think it's a uh, an oval thing you fill in. Mm-hmm. That's how you Not how, it. why. <laughs> oh, oh, why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, my, my biggest thing is uh, I want to give power back to the people. I, I want to run and actually take away power from our city government and give it to the people. Um, what they did with the health department during the whole COVID uh, thing was, to me, was a complete disgrace. Uh, using the health department as a power to shut businesses down, control businesses, control people, it's not right. Um, and then for the city council to take away your voice for uh, future developments, again, that's it's an overreach of power, and, I'm, and my kids are going to be growing up here and – you know, when I, again, when I saw that, just something to me said, I need to get up and do something. Because you always say, you know, why not me? You know, or what, we're always waiting for somebody to do something. And I said, well, you know, when I started, again, I'm going to say it, I started with my uh, uh, UADF, United American Defense Force Organization, to protect the community because of what was going on around the country. Um, you know, we, we went up into the neighborhoods when they were being attacked, uh, when they were protesting the, the, the local police officers, and they were attacking the neighbors, actually, you know, throwing their gun, went, went into one of the guys' houses. And, you know, we, we showed up, they all left. Again, we're not there to fight people, but we're there to protect people, and that's what we need to do with each other is help protect each other from just anything that's coming down the line. And the government, what they did, they didn't protect us. They suppressed us. I mean, they, they took every everything away. Um, they, they forced us to do what they wanted, um, not what we wanted. I mean, they... they took kids out of school um our communities totally suffered from it generations are going to suffer from it um they forced a lot of vaccines onto people which now they're saying they shouldn't have they're 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 reimbursing people in the military they got kicked out they're they're reinstating people who they they pretty much fired again it's like that's not how our country works they they took so much power away from us and if we don't take it back and give it back to the people we ain't going to be here in 100 years it's going to be gone because they're going to be taken and taken and taken and nobody's going to step up and give it back. My goal is to give it back. We need to have more control over our government. That's why I'm running. All right. Thank you, John. Uh, you've been watching or listening to a joint podcast effort by 6035 Media and the League of Women Voters of the Pikes Peak Region. Be sure to follow Making Democracy Work and check out lwvppr.org for more information regarding our candidate forums in March. 
and keep checking in with 6035 Vote to make sure your vote is an informed one. This podcast is produced by Dave Gardner, video directed by Nick Raven. I'm Brian Grossman, executive editor. And I'm Shelley Roars, spokesperson for the League of Women Voters at the Pikes Peak region. See you next time. Hi, I'm Dave Gardner. And I'm Nick Raven. We're the podcast producers here at 6035 Media. 6035 Vote is just one of a growing family of hyperlocal podcasts that we're creating. And these are for you, someone who wants to engage fully in your community. We've got the 6035, which is a quick, lively recap of the top news stories of the week. It's my favorite. It's really great and often funny. I love having you as a guest, actually. I do, too. And then we have Hot Takes and Stirring Breaks, which is a potpourri of news and commentary about movies, gaming, TV, streaming, and just so much more. It's for youthful heart and you know, that could be anyone, really. Yeah, I'm surprised I even really enjoy it because Nick hosts that and uh, he's, he's witty. Well, and the cool thing is that you can watch both of these podcasts on YouTube. Or you can listen to them on the go in your favorite podcast app. And there's a couple more, uh, but you can also visit 6035media.org slash podcast to see them, browse them, sample them. And then subscribe to the ones that you like. And then subscribe to this YouTube channel. Yeah. And if you really love it all, like we do. Uh, you Which can we do. just you can just subscribe to the sixty thirty five podcast network podcast, which is a conglomeration of all the episodes, all the brilliance and humor that emanates from the studio. Absolutely, and there's a lot of it. So like and subscribe today, and go listen to them all or watch them. What he said. Good. Thanks. Got it. That wasn't so painful.